Welcome, everybody. Thank you for being with us today at the Wilshire Church of Christ. If you're visiting, thank you for being with us. We particularly appreciate you showing up and joining us. Hope you'll spend some time with us after this worship service. Uh, join us for some carbs and carbohydrates back in the fellowship hall. And then after that, we'll have a Bible class and, uh, and you can spend some time with us feeding on the word. Carbs first and then the word. We've been doing this series on explicit promises from scripture where God or Jesus say, I will be with you in this situation. This is when I will be with you. This is when I am with you. And today we're going to talk about several passages, there are a bunch, but several passages where God through Jesus promises I'm with you, and you're with me, you're actually in me, when you obey my commandments. That's what Jesus says. It's a particular theme of the writings of the Apostle John, Gospel of John, the letters of John. Jesus saying that when you obey my commands, that's a sign that I am in you and you are in me. And it is a condition for me to be in you and you in me. I'm going to let you in a little secret today. If you listen carefully to the sermon, there is a secret behind what this sermon is about. It is possible to have just enough Christianity to be sad. You know what I mean? It's possible to keep standing, sometimes for a long time, right on the edge of Christianity. I, I like some of the things that Christianity says. I like what I see, how other people's lives are transformed. I really think that what Christ teaches is right, and I really want the salvation that he offers, the forgiveness of sins. But I keep, keep something back for myself. I'm a little self-protective. I don't want to go all the way with Jesus. And so I find myself, what Elijah calls, limping between two opinions. What the Greek word that, one of the Greek words that's used for doubt, being of two minds, being of two judgments. I find myself hearing the gospel with gladness and also with sadness. And I don't move off of that. Just enough Christianity to make me sad. 
So the secret we're going to talk about today is how do you move from sadness to gladness in Jesus Christ? And the answer Jesus gives is real straightforward. Obey my commands. The reasons why that works are very deep. But what he says is very simple. Let's look at some of the passages. And as I said, there are many, many. I had to make selections. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 14. We're going to look first at John chapter 14 and John chapter 15 about this idea. It's there on the study sheets if you have the study sheets. The more we want Jesus in our lives, the more we will do what he asks us to do. It's a very simple principle. You want a tiny bit of Jesus in your life, just enough to make you itch, just enough to make you squirm, just enough to make you sad, then ignore what he says to do. You want a lot of Jesus in your life, enough to give you peace, enough to give you joy, enough to cause your life to begin to transform from the inside out by the power of Jesus' spirit, do what he asks you to do. That's what he's talking about in John chapter 14. Look at uh, verse 15. A bunch of passages in here you could look at, but this is kind of compact here. Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commands. This is what David read for us this morning. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter or advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Who is this other comforter? He's about to tell you. The world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. This other comforter that Jesus will send will turn out to be Jesus. I'm not going to leave you alone. The form in which I will be in your life will be different. You apostles, you've been experiencing me walking around on two legs in this physical body. You've been with me, sharing meals together, listening to me talk. That's all got to come to an end. I've got to do my Father's will, and he asked me to go to the cross. I'm going to die. My time in this physical body is about finished. My service is about to be completed, Jesus says. But I'm not going to leave you alone. Something far greater is about to happen. I'm going to rejoin my Father. And by rejoining my father, both of us are going to come and join with you. And what we need from you is to keep our commands. That's what Jesus is saying here. On that day, verse 20, you will realize I am in my father, you are in me, and I am in you. If you would spend time this next week 
meditating on John 14, verse 20. You would be a happier person by the end of the week. Jesus says something happens when I leave this physical body, having fulfilled God's will on earth, having done completely what God sent me here to do. I join back with my father. That's cool enough. But by joining with my father, I send my spirit, and you join with us. And I need from you, keep my commands. It's a beautiful passage. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. And Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them. We will come to them and make our home with them. This coming of the other counselor, the other advocate, that's us. That's the Spirit of God coming to make you part with us, to be in you and you in us. Keep my commands. This is conditioned on our love of God. This is conditioned on us saying, I want more God in my life. And the most miserable way to live the Christian life is to say, I don't really want more God in my life. You rob yourself of this blessing. To say, I really want more me in my life. I'd like to access some aspects of God's power and blessing so I could have more me in my life. That's what I'd like. I'd like to be able to have you know, miraculous powers if possible, that'd be cool. I have a lot of things I could use that for. And God says, that's why I'm not giving that to you. Until you're using them for me, you don't get none. I I really want God to forgive me. I certainly don't want him to bring me into judgment. But I want to find out, well, what's the least I can do? To just get the fire insurance part of relationship with Jesus. I want to do that much. But I got other stuff I'm involved in. and And that part I'd like Jesus to just leave alone. That is the way to have enough Christianity to make yourself miserable. And I guarantee you something else. Satan will send his little birds and pluck out the word of God from a heart like that. And gradually, I mean, that's just not a stable condition to live in. Gradually, all the things in your life that make you want to have a relationship with Jesus, if you leave it at that level, Satan's little birds will come and pluck all that away. 
until nothing is left. The news gave us an example today, or this last week, of what it looks like when somebody obeys, but not out of love or any kind of devotion. There's a friendship that happened in St. Petersburg, Russia, years ago. A hot dog vendor on the streets made friends with a junior KGB officer. And they became fast friends before either of them were famous. KGB officer by the name of Vladimir Putin made friends with a hot dog uh, vendor by the name of Prigozhin. Yevgeny Prigozhin. And when Vladimir Putin finally ascends to ultimate power in the Kremlin, it was a long and twisty road, but he got there. His friend, the hot dog vendor, became the caterer to the Kremlin. When we think about Prigozhin, we think about the head of this mercenary group. We think of some kind of fighter. He's a chef, man. He's a cook. A really scary cook because he has tanks now, but he's a cook. And he did dirty work for the regime of Putin up until this week. And the whole world watched when Prigozhin decided that it was no longer in his self-interest to continue to obey the commands of Vladimir Putin. And he marched, if you look on the map, he, he made it like two-thirds of the way to Moscow. And in front of the whole world, he gets a pardon for what is demonstrably treason. Because the Russian regime is not able to do anything else. That's what obedience not based on love acts like. If your relationship with Jesus is based on fear, Scared what he might do to you on the day of judgment? If it's based on convenience, you just don't want other people to gripe at you? You don't want them to criticize you? If it's based on wanting things that Jesus might give you, answers to prayers or help with your marriage or relationship, if it's based on those, if that's the foundation, all those things can happen, but... It, but if that's the foundation, you're not going to be happy in your relationship with Jesus. Jesus says, take a step into love with me. And here's how you do it. Keep my command. In this context, if you read chapters 14 and 15 and 16, the big command is mentioned. Here's my big command. It's a new command. It's not really new. It's old. Love one another. You, you want to show that you love me, keep my commands. Here's where I want you to start. 
somebody in this room, somebody in your family, somebody in your sphere that you are having trouble with. You may not be able to make the trouble go away. But Jesus says, for my sake, turn your attitude toward them into love. Keep my commandments. There's no way to fall in love with Jesus while holding back my obedience. There's just no way to do it. Your brain doesn't work like that. My brain doesn't work like that. I have to yield to Jesus and say, I want you to take it all. I want you to have everything. I want all of me to come to you. That's the only way to fall all the way in love with him. Jesus says, keep my commandments. But preacher, I've tried to keep his commandments. I mess up all the time. I look at my life and it's a string of failures to keep his commandments. Jesus knows that too. If you have your Bibles, turn over. We're going to come back to John chapter 15, so you may want to put a marker. But turn over to 1 John chapter 1. First John chapter 1, starting in verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare now to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteous. If we claim we've not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Going on into chapter 2, my dear children, I write this to you so you'll not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for all, but all ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. And whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth's not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus lived. What that passage says is, we won't be perfect, but we can be persistent. If you want to have the joy that Christianity can give you, if you want the peace that passes understanding, if you want to feel a little bit of what heaven's going to feel like today, 
Don't hold back your obedience. Give it. You won't be perfect at doing that. You live in a fallen world. You were raised in a fallen world. Fallen world has all kinds of hooks still in your head, yanking you around. You don't, Jesus does not require you to be perfect. He was perfect. He requires you to be persistent. Your imperfection cannot become an excuse for you to quit on Jesus. It just can't. Whatever happens, however you stumble, you come back to the light of Jesus Christ. And you say, I will not leave. I am here in Jesus Christ. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Okay, flip back to John chapter 15 real quick. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener, verse 1 says. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every fruit that does bear fruit he prunes so it will even be more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. You want all the joy of Christianity. You're not going to produce that. Jesus is going to produce that in you. To the extent that you hold yourself back from Jesus, you hold yourself back from the roots that will grow joy in you. From the, to the extent that you say, yeah, I want to do most of what Jesus says. But I just won't yield here and here and here. To the extent that you say, I can't go all the way with Jesus. You cut yourself off from your true roots that are meant to nourish you and make you whole. Look down, if you're there in chapter 15, look down at verse 10 and 11. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's command and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy, the joy of Jesus, my joy, Jesus has joy because he's already done this with God, fully in God's will, fully following God's command. I'm full of joy, Jesus says. It's not hard to follow God, it's joyful. I'm full of joy, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be total or complete, filled up. When we stand outside of obedience to Jesus, whatever it is that I'm holding back. When I stand outside, it feels like if I give in there, it's going to be like dying. 
Jesus, who has died and has risen, says it's not dying. It's life. Obey my commands. The commands of Jesus will make us fruitful and they will make us joyful. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you so much for the care that you give to us. And God, thank you so much that by the blood of Jesus Christ, you count us worthy to be part of your kingdom, to have adopted us as your children and to have filled us with your spirit. God, help each one of us to live in that union with you that you have made available. God, help each one of us to walk around as your temple to be your image here on earth, to live in you as you live in us. God, help us to yield our obedience more and more each day. Pick us up when we fall. Brush us off. Put us back on the path. God, give us this blessing, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. If you need to respond to the invitation, if you need prayers, if you need help, something that you need to say publicly to the church, then you can come forward in a minute and tell us that. Or if today is the day that you want to put on Jesus Christ in the waters of baptism, we invite you to come. Tell us what we can do for you as we stand and are led in song.